Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Good morning. Bonjour. Well, it's morning for me. <laughs> yes, I'm coming to you from the Scottsdale, Arizona. Yes, visiting a dear friend here on my way to the conference, the Easter Course of Miracles conference with Jimmy Twyman and David Hoffmeister, Lisa Natoli, etc. We're all convening this weekend. And um, by the way, you can still come join us. We've still got some tickets left. Um, Go to jenniferhadley.com, events page, get the details there. And also, I sent out a newsletter yesterday, had the details in that. So, all right, let us pray. Yes. I place my hand in my heart, so grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the higher Holy Spirit self. Taking this breath of love and gratitude together, we open ourselves to divine insight, wisdom, clarity, freedom, joy, the infinite intelligence that is our very nature. So grateful that Spirit is live streaming wisdom, inspiration, intuition, divine guidance, the all good and the all love all the time. So grateful to recognize that pure love and perfection is our nature. So we dedicate ourselves to this divine partnership with the higher Holy Spirit self, to teaching only love, living only love, recognizing only love. We're surrendering everything that's false, all false identification. We are resurrecting to our true nature and our true identity in God. We are grateful that our holiness is intact. Grateful that we are already as holy as holy can be. We are rising in God. The Christ is rising in our awareness. We rejoice to set ourselves free of all limiting thoughts and beliefs. Grateful, grateful, grateful. We are on an ascension pathway. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my, so wonderful to join together with you here and now, so grateful to allow ourselves this time of healing and resurrection. (sighs) So let's see what A Course of Miracles tells us about resurrecting to our divine identity, our true identity, and In uh, the text, chapter 19, section 4, 
It talks about the obstacles to peace. The obstacles to peace. And uh, quite beautiful here, how we can uh, see in our hearts and in our minds how we're, we're literally putting in obstacles to peace. Peace is our natural state. So when we hold something in our mind that creates a disturbance, we're clinging to an obstacle to peace. So many people are looking to get peace, but peace really isn't something that we get. We don't get the peace of God. We have the peace of God, and we can value it or not value it. We can express it or not express it. We can experience it or not experience it according to whether or not we are going to cherish obstacles to peace. And so it says here in um, uh, the, the, this chapter, this section, um, the fourth obstacle is, it says, and this is, um, so text chapter 19, section 4, and it's D, right? So we've got A, B, C, D, uh, paragraph one, the, the fourth obstacle, the fear of God. What would you see without the fear of death? What would you feel and think if death held no attraction for you? Very simply, you would remember your father. So if you're feeling crucified, if crucifixion is a part of your experience, and I, I, Lord knows, I have felt crucified at times, because that was my interpretation of it. That was the meaning I made of it. And because those were the thoughts I was choosing. I can see now. I can feel now. I can recognize or recognize now that I was choosing crucifixion. Right? So we can think that the process is crucifixion, resurrection, ascension. Right? That's what Jesus demonstrated to us. But he demonstrated the crucifixion in order to bring forth a clear, vivid recognition of resurrection and ascension. And he says to us, you don't need crucifixion. I did that for everyone. So it's not that he died for our sins. Not at all. Right? And in fact, that whole expression, Jesus died for our sins, that was Paul, the apostle, talking to the Romans, in one of his epistles to the Romans. So, and who put the Romans to death? I mean, who put Jesus to death uh, and crucified him? It was the Romans. So Paul was talking to the Romans. He wasn't talking to all humanity. But you see, this is, this is part of the egoic specialness. I'm so special, I've been crucified. One of the main weapons the ego has to block our mind from spirit when we're interested in playing small, when we're interested in suffering, when we're interested in keeping that fear of God, the fourth obstacle, fear of death, fear of ob- for fear of God, um, alive, then we're going to choose crucifixion. 
thinking that we need to be punished for our sins. We hold these grievances, these attack thoughts, these judgments and complaints. Just consider what have you already complained about today? Who have you already attacked in your mind today? Maybe yourself, maybe others, maybe the people you say you love. You know, in my Finding Freedom Boot Camp, in my uh, Masterful Living course, one of the main things that we focus on, we have so much relationship healing in these classes, extraordinary healing in people's marriages and people attracting their soulmates and all kinds of wonderful things happen in their relationships. They shift their lifelong relationship patterns because they stop crucifying their loved ones. They stop attacking their loved ones day and night in their mind. Judging, judging, judging. So we've got this crucifixion complex. It's the specialness. Can we have resurrection if we don't get down off the cross? Right, there's that old joke that people would say to the martyr, you know, Tell Nancy to get down off the cross. We need the wood. So, we put ourselves up on the cross. We punish ourselves. We crucify ourselves because of that guilt that A Course in Miracles is reminding us of. We feel guilty and ashamed because we edged God out by adopting the ego mindset of separation. So the ego designed to help us experience separation so we can explore this experience in the human realm. We took it to the nth degree of really truly believing, being convinced that we're separate from God, being convinced that there is no God, being convinced that we were thrown out of the garden. Because we're so bad, such sinners. So there's an identification with crucifixion. And my invitation to you right here, right now, in order to have resurrection, we have to stop being interested in crucifixion. We have to let the crucifixion experience be over. Harvest all the learning from it and move into resurrection and ascension. Course in Miracles tells us our willingness is all that's required. Our willingness is all that's required. In fact, one of the things, um, visiting my friend here, I gave her a set of my willingness cards. I made willingness cards um, about a year and a half ago for the folks in my classes. And they're little affirmation cards with willingness affirmations on them 44 cards in a deck and they're they're small enough that you can easily put them in your purse your backpack and take them with you and it's a beautiful part of spiritual practice to really put our attention on okay what am i willing to hold differently today What am I willing to hold differently today? So right now I'm going to invite you 
to consider where in your life are you experiencing crucifixion? What feels like you're being tortured? where you feel like you're a victim. It's happening to you. They're doing it to you. Could be in your health. That your body is crucifying you because of the breakdowns. (sighs) Considering that. Maybe in a relationship you feel crucified, attacked, unloved. Maybe you're feeling it at work. I've even felt it in spiritual community. One of the things the ego loves is the specialness of crucifixion. I'm such a special victim that I'm literally being crucified. This is what the ego will think, will make the interpretation. say this experience of cancer is like being nailed to the cross. This experience of being bullied at work is like being nailed to the cross. This experience of being abused emotionally, mentally in my family is like being crucified. And then we think simultaneously, I'm so special, and I don't deserve it, and I do deserve it. All these things, all at once. And on many levels, people make the meaning of it that I must be so bad, so fundamentally bad, or God wouldn't let this happen. Or there is no God. God doesn't care about me. I'm so special, God doesn't even care about me. All these interpretations that we make of it. This crucifixion experience. What would you see without the fear of death? What would you feel and think if death held no attraction for you? Very simply, you would remember your Father, the creator of life, the source of everything that lives, the Father of the universe, and of the universe of universes, and of everything that lies even beyond them, would you remember. And as this memory rises in your mind, peace peace must still surmount a final obstacle after which is salvation completed and the Son of God entirely restored to sanity. 
for here your world does end. The fourth obstacle to be surmounted hangs like a heavy veil before the face of Christ. As his face rises beyond it, shining with joy, because he is in his Father's love, peace will lightly brush the veil aside and run to meet him and to join with him at last. For this dark veil, which seems to make the face of Christ himself like to a leper's and the bright rays of his Father's love that light his face with glory, appear as streams of blood fades in the blazing light beyond it when the fear of death is gone. So this fear of death, we have to let it go. The fear of death. Why would we fear death? Why would we fear death? We fear death because we fear being punished. But there is no death. This is what A Course in Miracles tells us. There is no death. Death is only possible within the dream of separation. When we awake from the dream of separation, we'll realize, oh, we're eternal. One of the things that helped me so much, because when I was in ministerial school, right, 15 years ago, I was in ministerial school, and I would have this thought all the time that I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. There's not enough time to do everything. Always thinking that thought. And one day in my time of meditation and contemplation, I had a realization, which is I remembered Hey, I'm eternal. Of course I have enough time. Time isn't even real. How could I not have enough time when time isn't even real? It doesn't make sense. How could I have a lack of time when time isn't real? So, I started to affirm Whenever I thought I didn't have enough time, I would say, I am eternal. Of course I have enough time. I have enough time for everything. I am eternal. Let me remember my eternal nature. I don't worry about time anymore. And that was something that really, really tortured me. Those thoughts, not enough time. How will I accomplish everything I want to accomplish in my lifetime? How will I do it when there's not enough time? And always thinking I should do more, should do more, should do more. When I finally started affirming I am eternal, all that fell away. So much more peace, including the fear of death falling away. When you realize you're eternal... There's no fear of death anymore. And as it says here, now jumping down to paragraph 16 in this uh, D. So it's uh, the text, chapter 19, section 4, D, paragraph 16. Here, in forgiveness and loving our brother, it says, Here is the holy place of resurrection. 
to which we come again, to which we will return until redemption is accomplished and received. Think who your brother is before you would condemn him. Your brother is your redeemer. Your brother is your salvation. How you hold your brother and sister in your mind is how you will hold yourself. Think who your brother is before you would condemn him. So, if you, you know, look, so many people right now are bothered by this politician or that politician, this member of their family, this person at work, right? It's so intense right now. People are really bothered by their brothers and sisters. Think who your brother is before you would condemn him. Now, we can say these acts that people are doing, this act, we can say that behavior is not loving. It's not kind. It's not generous. It's not compassionate. And I aspire to be loving, to be kind, to be compassionate, to be truly helpful. So we seek not to change the world or even to change our brother but to change our mind about our brother and the world. And we do it by changing our mind about ourselves first. Think who your brother is. They are showing you the mirror. If you don't like what your brother is doing and it upsets you, they are showing you the mirror of what you think and what you believe and what you can offer to the Holy Spirit for healing. Think who your brother is before you would condemn him and offer thanks to God that he is holy and has been given the gift of holiness for you. Join him in gladness and remove all trace of guilt from his disturbed and tortured mind. Join him in gladness. Help him to lift the heavy burden of sin you laid upon him and he accepted as his own and toss it lightly with happy laughter away from him. Press it not like thorns against his brow nor nail him to it, unredeemed and hopeless. Give faith to your brother for faith and hope and mercy are yours to give. How much Do we love that? Give faith to your brother, for faith and hope and mercy are yours to give. So rather than condemn someone who's behaving in a way that you think is uh, awful, right, ISIS, give faith and hope and mercy into the hands that give the gifts are given, right, to have all give all to all. Give faith to your brother for faith and hope and mercy are yours to give into the hands that give the gift is given. Look on your brother and see in him the gift of God you would receive. It is almost Easter, the time of resurrection. Let us give redemption to each other and share in it that we may rise as one in resurrection, not separate in death. Behold the gift of freedom that I gave the Holy Spirit for you. And be you and your brother free together as you offer to the Holy Spirit this same gift. And giving it, receive it of him in return for what you gave. 
He leadeth you and me together that we might meet here in this holy place and make the same decision. It is almost Easter, the time of resurrection. Let us give redemption to each other and share in it, that we may rise as one in resurrection. Yes, this is the time of resurrection. Let us choose it. Let us choose it. Paragraph 18. Free your brother here as I freed you. Give him the self-same gift, nor look upon him with condemnation of any kind. (laughs) See him as guiltless as I look on you, and overlook the sins he thinks he sees within himself. Offer your brother freedom and complete release from sin here in the garden of seeming agony and death. So will we prepare together the way unto the resurrection of God's Son, and let him rise again to glad remembrance of his Father, who knows no sin, no death, but only life eternal. It really does go to this, I find it so helpful to understand it this way. If we think of our experience in this world as a dream, an illusion. We're dreaming, and everything that we see in the dream is a projection of our mind. We're thinking it up. While we are safely sleeping in the perfect garden, the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Wholeness and Holiness. So we're dreaming all this up to have the experience in a dream where no one can really be hurt. No one can really die. No one can really suffer. Suffer in the mind? Yes. Because we torture ourselves. No one can torture us in our mind unless we agree. Unless we agree. And I recognize that it's really challenging because I've worked with many people who were tortured, literally, mentally, emotionally, and physically tortured as children. Children don't seem to have the ability in their mind to escape from their adult torturers. However, what I have seen is that there's some, we could say, karmic thing that brings them great benefit as they mature and realize that they can forgive. Then there's a tremendous healing and a tremendous freedom and liberation. I don't know what anything is for, except it's for our freedom. It's for our healing. It's for our resurrection. So will we choose resurrection? This is the question. For us to ask every day, am I choosing resurrection? Am I just trying to manage and cope with the things of this world? Am I edging God out? Am I trying to make things happen? Or am I choosing the resurrection in my mind? The Holy Spirit, the great comforter, is always with us all the time. Helping us in our willingness is all that's required. Oh my, it's time for us to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles. 
where we're living the love, we're walking the talk. We're choosing resurrection. (laughs) And I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about the resurrection resurrecting to our divinity yes it's beautiful to consciously choose resurrection this is uh, the path that i'm on i'm consciously choosing to make my ascension in the light and um i i remember around 2012 uh i think it was 2011 trying to remember now Somewhere in there, I kind of came out of the spiritual closet and said, okay, I'm just going to publicly announce that I am intending and aspiring to awaken in this lifetime, to attain enlightenment. I'm not going to energize the thought anymore that I can't do it or that I won't do it or I might not do it. I am doing it. It is being done by me, by the Holy Spirit. I'm choosing it. And that's what I have to do is be willing to choose it every day. And it's through the power of that that I am awakening and ascending in my awareness, and I feel the power of it, and I see the power of it in my life, in my mind, in my experiences, how my life gets easier and easier, more peaceful and more peaceful, more harmonious, more prosperous, more joyful, more loving, because I'm choosing awakening, enlightenment, ascension, and I've had to really give up the thought, which I'm so grateful that I saw that I could give up the thought that it's not happening and that I can't do it. Course of Miracles tells us over and over and over again, all we have to do is be willing. The Holy Spirit will do, as I say, the heavy lifting. We don't have to figure out how we allow We don't have to figure out how we allow. So we can resurrect. We will resurrect. But we won't be experiencing the resurrection until we actively choose it. That's how our willingness works. And if we are condemning our brothers, we're not choosing resurrection because we're one with our brothers. How can we choose resurrection for ourselves and leave our brother out? How can we crucify our brother in our mind and choose resurrection for ourselves doesn't work can't it's not workable so we have to be willing to see this yeah exactly continuing on into chapter 20 the vision of holiness holy week 
and it starts with, this is Palm Sunday, the celebration of victory and the acceptance of the truth. Let us not spend this holy week brooding on the crucifixion of God's Son, but happily in the celebration of His release. For Easter is the sign of peace, not pain. A slain Christ has no meaning. But a risen Christ becomes the symbol of the Son of God's forgiveness on himself. The sign he looks upon himself is healed and whole. This week begins with palms and ends with lilies. The white and holy sign the Son of God is innocent. Let no dark sign of crucifixion intervene between the journey and its purpose, between the acceptance of the truth and its expression. This week we celebrate life, not death. And we honor the perfect purity of the Son of God and not His sins. Offer your brother the gift of lilies, not the crown of thorns, the gift of love and not the gift of fear. You stand beside your brother, thorns in one hand and lilies in the other, uncertain which to give. So let's just turn within here again for a moment. And in our mind's eye, see that brother or sister in Christ that we have been offering the crucifixion to, that we've been crucifying them, attacking them, judging them in our mind. Maybe we thought they crucified us and now we're crucifying them right back. Like attracts like is what we've been experiencing. If we believe we can be crucified, we will think it's reasonable to crucify others. When we love ourselves, we all understand the power of love and we'll choose to share it with others. So standing here with the crown of thorns in one hand and the gift of lilies in the other. In our mind's eye, seeing our brother or sister in front of us, which would we offer? If we're feeling this uncertainty of which to give, wishing to choose the resurrection for ourselves, but still feeling the blame, the shame, the regret, the resentment, the jealousy, the hurt, and wishing to inflict it upon the one we think caused it in our mind. The way out of this is total responsibility. I am responsible for what I see. And everything is just as I wish it would be. We take responsibility. We give all the consequences of our crazy thinking to the Holy Spirit for healing. We choose resurrection for ourselves and for our brothers and sisters. It says here, chapter 20, section 1, paragraph 2, 
Join now with me and throw away the thorns, offering the lilies to replace them. This Easter, I would give the gift of your forgiveness, offered by you to me, and returned by me to you. So we forgive our brothers and sisters, the debts and the trespasses. And in return, we receive the full forgiveness of ourselves, the forgiving of all our debts and all our trespasses. And Jesus will make it so in our heart and mind if we are willing. That's the heavy lifting I'm always talking about. We don't have to figure out how. We just allow. He tells us we cannot be united in crucifixion and in death. We can only be reunited in the resurrection. It says, nor can the resurrection be complete until your forgiveness rests on Christ along with mine. All of life, all humanity, the Son of God, waiting on our willingness. He says a week is short, and yet this holy week is the symbol of the whole journey the Son of God has undertaken. He started with the sign of victory, the promise of the resurrection, already given him. Let him not wander into the temptation of crucifixion and delay him there. Help him to go in peace beyond it, with the light of his own innocence lighting his way to his redemption and release. Hold him not back with thorns and nails when his redemption is so near. But let the whiteness of your shining gift of lilies speed him on his way to resurrection. So let's not hold our brothers and sisters back from their resurrection. Our forgiveness frees them. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is the release of our opinions and judgments about what transpired, what we think happened. It's the full release of the meaning we've made of it. Our interpretations are our perceptions. Our perceptions are not anything more than our projections. It says Easter is not the celebration of the cost of sin, but of its end. If you see glimpses of the face of Christ beyond the veil, behind the veil, looking between the snow-white petals of the lilies you have received and given as your gift, you will behold your brother's face and recognize it. He says, I was a stranger, and you took me in, not knowing who I was. Yet for your gift of lilies will you know. In your forgiveness of this stranger, alien to you, and yet your ancient friend, lies his release and your redemption with him. 
The time of Easter is a time of joy and not of mourning. Look on your risen friend and celebrate his holiness along with me. For Easter is the time of your salvation along with mine. So we give, you know, we come upon, we come right up here in chapter 21, the section of the responsibility for sight, which I quote so often, uh, so often. And uh, it helps, it's helped me so much to, to recognize that basically, we have to take responsibility. Fundamentally, we have to take responsibility for everything we see. And uh, that's what the ego just, the ego would rather die, kill itself and die, suicide and die, than accept responsibility. So the spiritual practice of accepting responsibility for everything that nothing is being done to us, everything is being done by us. Because there's only one. That is the release from feeling left out. It is what brings heaven at hand. So this is the responsibility for sight section. It's page 448 in my text. It's chapter 21, section 2. We start with paragraph one here. We have repeated how little is asked of you to learn this course. It is the same small willingness you need to have your whole relationship transformed to joy. The little gift you offer to the Holy Spirit, our willingness, is the little gift. The little gift you offer to the Holy Spirit for which he gives you everything. The very little on which salvation rests, the tiny change of mind by which the crucifixion is changed to resurrection. And being true, it is so simple that it cannot fail to be completely understood. We might reject it, but it's going to be understood. So here it is. It says, this is the only thing you need do for vision happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin, all to be given you. Say only this, but mean it with no reservations, for here the power of salvation lies. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. Deceive yourself no longer that you are helpless in the face of what is done to you. Acknowledge but that you have been mistaken and all effects of your mistakes will disappear. Wow! How amazing is that? Acknowledge but that you have been mistaken and all effects of your mistakes will disappear. I've been mistaken in my opinions, in my judgments of the meaning I made of things. My interpretations are incorrect. That's what true forgiveness is. It's not making the things of this world real and recognizing that what is real is perfect. It's beautiful. It's pure love. 
if we are thinking we have been hurt, if we're thinking we have been mistreated, if we are thinking that we have been crucified, then we're teaching we believe in mistakes. We're teaching we believe in the crucifixion. We're teaching that something wrong has happened. And this world is our real world. And as long as we think that this world is our home, we cannot look for our home and find it. So that's why he says to us here in this paragraph, one, responsibility for sight, the tiny change of mind by which the crucifixion is changed to resurrection. It's through our choosing resurrection so we don't have to figure out how to have a resurrection we don't have to sit there and think well how am i going to resurrect my body temple to be completely transfigured the way that jesus did after having been physically crucified how am i going to transfigure my body how am i going to transfigure my relationship how am i going to transfigure my finances how am i going to transfigure this depression this whatever it is that we think we're being crucified by or tortured by or limited by we don't have to figure out how we must be willing to allow until we're willing to allow the holy spirit to do the heavy lifting we will be laboring in vain and we will not experience the resurrection we're still in the crucifixion if we're thinking we have to make things happen. Now, I feel it every day. Allow, Jennifer. Allow. 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 Take your hands off it. Take your mind off figuring out how. Okay, Holy Spirit, here's another one I give to you. Here's another one I lay on the altar. If you don't have an altar in your home, I invite you to make one. Simple ways to do it. Clear a space. A candle, a white candle, a glass of water, a piece of fruit, uh, maybe some some smudge. Uh, maybe you put a figure of Jesus there, Kuan Yin or Buddha, Krishna, an angel, a beautiful piece of cloth, a crystal. Make an altar. It's up to you. Be creative. Express. Allow Holy Spirit to guide you to things for your altar. And mentally, all day long, when you're challenged with a thought, lay it on the altar. Make a holy offering of it. This is the path of resurrection. We can choose resurrection or we can choose crucifixion. It's our choice. It's our choice. Yes. In chapter 27 of the text, section 6, paragraph 8, section 6 is entitled, The Witnesses to Sin. It says, At the end of this section, the resurrection of the world awaits your healing and your happiness, that you may demonstrate the healing of the world. The holy instant will replace all sin if you but carry its effects with you. 
and no one will elect to suffer more. What better function could you serve than this? Be healed that you may heal, and suffer not the laws of sin to be applied to you. And truth will be revealed to you who choose to let love's symbols take the place of sin. So let's come down off the cross everywhere in our life and simply I find one of the most beautiful ways to come down off that cross is just to simply say I don't know what anything is for but everything works together for my good there are no exceptions so in this experience that have that I have labeled as a sin wrong bad a disaster a tragedy that I've tortured myself with it in my mind. I'm giving it all to the Holy Spirit now. I'm letting love in. I'm letting in the light. I shut out the light in my mind and I was sitting in the darkness, cursing the darkness. But now I am going to give thanks for the light and let the light in. And I'm going to do it All day, every day. Every time that I start to feel the darkness. Hello darkness, my old friend. Come to talk with me again. Um, uh, Every time I invite the darkness into my awareness and say, Come on, I'm going to make some coffee. Let's talk about sin and suffering. Let's talk about what's been done to me. Let's talk about how bad I am. Come on in. I'll pour you a drink. Let's stay up tonight and talk together. Every time that there's a thought in that direction, instead, you know what? I've been crucified long enough. I've learned all I can learn from that. Now I'm going to learn through joy. I'm choosing resurrection. Holy Spirit, take all thoughts of crucifixion out of my mind forever so I never think on them again. All belief in sin and suffering, take these thoughts from my mind so I never think on them again. I am willing to learn through joy now. Christ is rising in my awareness. I am setting myself free. I am willing. I am loving myself enough to resurrect No longer interested in crucifixion. Affirming that day in and day out will change your life. It sure has changed mine. I used to feel unworthy. Now I feel worthy of love. And I am loving myself free of any remnants of belief in sin and unworthiness. It's a daily practice that I'm now grateful for because I feel myself rising in Christ, Christ awareness. And you know, I'm all about having simple tools that help us with that. So the A Course of Miracles app, which has uh, A Course of Miracles app, Course of Miracles Complete, uh, with the reminders, you can set reminders. You can have it remind you, you can put whatever words you like in there, in the Course in Miracles app, in the reminders. Remember, the Course in Miracles app is now available for Android and for 
um, uh, all Mac devices, Apple devices. So if you have any trouble finding any of this, write to or working with it, write to admin at jenniferhadley.com, admin at jenniferhadley.com, and we'll help you with it. You can set a reminder however many times a day you would like, however frequently, and you can set it, you can have them go from 9 to 5 or 9 to 9, whatever you would like, and you can set the words, and it just pops up on your screen, that little reminder, so you can work the daily lessons using your phone, using your iPad. Uh, it's so great. I, I, I had the app built so that we could all use it to deepen our practice, and it's free. Please, if you see a promotion for the app on Facebook, will you share it on your page, share it with your friends so they'll see it and know that it's free. Um, And it includes the workbook, the text, the lessons, and you can um, search in them. I love that. You can search in it. So fun, so easy. And what else? Oh, starting just now, we have um, the free text messages. Free text messages. So if you go to livingacourseofmiracles.com, you can find that, uh, the free text messages. And we're promoting those inspirational text messages at um, um, Facebook. Uh, I put out an email yesterday. I'll be promoting that for the next few weeks, encouraging you. So we've got several different kinds of inspirational text messages. Quotes from me with uh, clicks through to the daily prayer. How cool is that? And also we've got a Course of Miracles quotes. And then we also have, if you're in class with me, Master of Living, Finding Freedom, uh, we're going to be doing Living a Course of Miracles again. You'll get class reminders when you sign up for a free class. If you would like them, you can get a text message class reminder. And then also we'll have um, occasional uh, messages when some product is on sale, like my willingness cards that I made, uh, which are in the store at jenniferhadley.com. So um, these are all free, these text messages. Yes, thanks to the people who donate. This radio show is free. The text messages are free. The app is free. More and more free things to support your moment-by-moment spiritual practice. So we're sending these daily text messages to just remind us, oh yes, I could think about God instead of crucifixion, resurrection. Time to pray. If you'd like to make a donation, please do. Your contributions support it all. And thank you. God bless you for your contributions. Every little bit helps. So we take a breath of love and gratitude here. Oh, if you're going to be at the Easter conference, come give me a hug, say hello, let's have lunch together, dinner together, breakfast together. We take breath of love and gratitude, so grateful and thankful for the peace of God that is ours now, unlimited. We're grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self, give all the heavy lifting away, fly in the wings of the Holy Spirit to our resurrection. We're grateful and thankful to lay on the altar all crucifixion thoughts and and to open our hearts and minds to the very fact that we are already free. In gratitude 
We allow it to be. We share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. Have an amazing rest of your week. Happy Easter. Mwah.